When you think of a headlining luxury travel DJ, you think of Brian B. B. Champagne sipping, caviar eating, Maserati driving. Oh, wait. I think we've got the wrong show. This is the Travel DJ Blend. Headlining luxury travel DJ, Brian B. out of New York City. Giving you travel tips, DJ experience, interviews with event and entrepreneur pros, and discussing pop culture and music. The perfect blend. The perfect blend. This is the Travel DJ Blend. And this is Brian B. Brian B. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Travel DJ Blend. I'm Brian B., and I am in Salt Lake City, Utah today at this crazy five-star hotel called the Grand American Hotel. This room we're in is crazy. It's like way more than I have need for sure. And I say we because I have a special guest today. If you don't know him, you should, especially if you live in Salt Lake City. He is the guy. Uh, Rob Foray with Life of the Party. Yeah. What's up, Rob? Hey, thanks for letting me come and hang out in your suite here. <laughs> yeah. As we watch the sunset here right. in Salt Lake City. And I'm waiting for the butler to come in and take our order and yeah. clean our clothes. All that kind of stuff is crazy in here. Yeah, love it. This is your only five-star hotel in here? Uh, in Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Uh, okay. I think this is our only five-star. We have a bunch of five-stars in Park City, which is about 45 minutes away, where we uh, did some gigs up during Sundance a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. That was our first collab. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So. And this will be our third collab. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because tomorrow we are both working with The Knot Worldwide. Yes. Rob is going to be doing all the music stuff, which is kind of a role reversal, if I would say, between the two of us. <laughs> I know. Right? It is kind of weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I do a lot of speaking, and uh, you do a lot of DJing, and we're switching roles. So yeah. You're speaking tomorrow. Yeah. Should be good. My first time I've done that with them, so yeah. I'm excited about it. But man, cool. what uh, I wanted to do today was just kind of talk through a little bit of your journey because you've got a very, first of all, interesting story, but where you're headed, I think, is what's really exciting for me. I'm sure it is for you too, right. but it's not the kind of path that I think a lot of DJs are typically going down in the private event space. So maybe just like first, let's let's talk through like your journey as a DJ, maybe give us like a quick 60-second promo yes. of, of that, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, born in raised here in Salt Lake City. The first time I ever DJed was at my high school, putting a boom box over my head, if you consider that DJing, playing jock jams back in the day. Then I also DJed at the minor league baseball team as their stadium DJ. And then I went to college in Southern Utah University, and I was like, I want to be a radio DJ. So I was a radio DJ for the college station. Graduated in 2003, moved to Orlando, Florida, in hopes of making it big with the mouse. Didn't quite do it, but I did get discovered by my mentor, Elliot Hansen, right. a.k.a. DJ Elliot. And he brought me on his company called Electro Magic, which was owned by and still owned by Promo Only. Right, the guys Jim Robinson. Jim Robinson. They started that company. And so I cut my teeth as a DJ in theme park. Yeah. So I'm not your traditional DJ. I'm a theme park entertainer kind of guy. I didn't do clubs. I didn't do weddings. I did theme parks. And then I also worked at the Nickelodeon Hotel as their in-house DJ and game show host there too. So I did double duty there. Then I moved back to Utah in 2007. This will be my 13th anniversary this month coming back to Utah and starting my business, Life of the Party. And so uh, that's kind of where I am today. So what's an interesting is that I don't think there's many people whose journey starts with coming up on the MC side first. Right. 
and then getting into the music. Usually it's people who are totally into music. They know they have to do the mic thing. And then, because that was my story for sure. Right. I'm the opposite. Yeah. Do you ever feel like with the DJing side, like, I mean, when you started doing that and having to combine that, did that not start until you actually came back to Utah or were you doing some of that already in Orlando? So in Orlando, I was DJing, but I was just kept it very simple. And I still use the software today. It's called Megasec. That's on the MacBook and just very, just playlist, no mixing, no beat matching, just kind of mixing, blending one song to the other. But I was able to find the right music, find the right jams and get people going. I didn't really start mixing or beat matching until about five, six years ago. So that's kind of the interesting journey for me is I was an entertainer first. Right. DJ was the vehicle to being an entertainer. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And we'll be attending this conference called the DJ Collective. And what I really enjoyed about that last year is it really instilled in me the DJ side of my entertainment. Once I started finding the music and the nuances and being able to start creating crates and starting to use Serato like I need to, yeah. like now I'm really excited about it. So I'm going the opposite route. Yeah. I used to be super interactive. Now I'm not. I don't get out from the booth much often because I want the music to dictate the dance floor instead of me going like, all right, put your hands up in the air. Yeah. Follow me. Do this. Do that. And like, I thought that was like the coolest part about me. I'm super interactive. Like no other guys are like this. Now people are more interactive. Now I'm like, I'm an actual legit DJ. I can actually mix. Right. I can actually blend. Yeah. And I can get people to react. So it's a very weird process for me how I've come from this entertainer to now more of a legit DJ, I think. And so yeah. I've never touted myself as like, you know, I'm a DJ, that's what I do, but I'm not like, hey, look right. at me. Right. Listen to this. Well, and I think too, like most clients, they don't even, I don't think, at least my experience is that they only think of the mixing side when they hear of the word DJ. Right. They don't think of them actually doing the announcements right. as being a major skill set. You know right. what I mean? They only think of the mixing side. But now people are asking for that. Right. Hey, I want a DJ who's also an MC. Right. I want somebody who can get on the mic. Or have you ever been to an event where you show up in the planner or the venue manager's like, oh, thank God you're here. I don't have to make the announcements. Like, who are these DJs you're working with that can't get on a mic? Right. But, you know, it's a, it, here's the thing is I don't realize that. And there might be some DJs listening to me going like, oh, this guy's a fraud. He doesn't know how to DJ. He's just He just knows how to talk on the mic. So we all have different skill sets, and I'm building my skill set up as a DJ more. And so I think what we need to do is just help people be well-rounded, right? Agreed. So you hit on something. I, I don't want to go down too many rabbit trails here, but I think it's <laughs> an interesting one. You know, when I first started in the business, I would say that the interactive side was heavy. Yeah. I was trained that way. Yes. Because my journey, as most people know, like, started in the club world and then moved into private events. And that was my weakness was the mic work. And so the way I was trained was like, get out there, lead games, do this stuff, which at the elite level, I'll put that in air quotes, that was what people were shown to do and told to do is to, and that was a separator for me. But over the years, I feel like that's completely flipped. Like it's less and less. Are you seeing that too? Yes, I'm the same way. And, And the thing is like all these things that I've done trainings for, you know, I've, I've done trainings with, you know, Mark Farrell for MCing, which is amazing. And he teaches you the love story. Randy Bartlett's training with all the finales and all these different recordings that you can do. Things that you can do with the grand entrance from Peter Mary. Mm-hmm. All these different things that other DJs teach you. And right now, I am working with a lot of destination clients. You go to the destination Utah is a destination, which a lot of people think, really? Park City is an amazing destination for weddings. And so I'm often dealing with clients from New York, from Chicago, from L.A., and they're coming to Utah. 
I don't have a lot of contact with them. And the best thing I can get from them is the music. As long as I got the music and I got their vibe, I just want to rock that party. Because I'm trying to pitch other things. They just don't have the time or they just don't see the vision. Mm-hmm. And it's so much harder to kind of say, hey, I can do all these grand things for you. They've never seen me. And oftentimes people will book like a Peter Mary because they've seen him before. Right. And they've seen these grand entrances. Like some people are like, I don't care anymore. Grand entrances now, for me, I would say 80% of them, just the bride and groom. Right, me too. Garter and bouquet toss, they're going away. Yeah, did my first one this weekend in probably months, right. if not a year. Yeah, Do people don't care anymore. It's about the music. It's about the music. And we had a conversation earlier about the chicken dance, which is interesting. Um, and I don't play the chicken dance at weddings. I play it at kids' events. But I got a request for the chicken dance just the other night. It's a family tradition. And so when things like that happen organically or without prompting and they want that, I'm all for it. But now in my questionnaire, it's like, do you like line dances? And I would say half of my weddings, they're like, no, just just play the music. Let it happen. Cool. Right. Are you people going to dance? Yes. <laughs> So, right. I'm like, don't worry about it. So now you're kind of like starting to, I would say this year, I feel like there, well, maybe last year is where I really started to see it in your work, where you've kind of gone towards a different market, if you will, away from the standard wedding world of what, you know, typical uh, mobiles yeah. will kind of focus yes. on and really gone towards the corporate side, right? Yeah. And a lot of that I've gotten through my speaking, but I think corporate is a great way to go. And I, I think there's a real need for it especially for great DJs who can be a personality on the mic and can move an audience. And I think a lot of corporate people enjoy that, especially because it's just, that's where the trends are going. And have you ever done the silent disco? Yeah. Silent disco is huge. It can transform an audience. And I've done a couple of silent discos and that's amazing for a corporate. But one of my goals right now is to do more speaking and say, I'm a speaker. Oh, by the way, I'm a DJ. I can DJ your parties. So recently in Las Vegas, I am seeing a three day event in the, on Friday of the event, I DJed their party. And then on Saturday of the event, I did a game show. It was was really cool to be able to use all my skill sets. Yeah. I was going to say like a triple threat gives you. Yeah. Not only the ability to, you know, come in there and, and do different things, but also yeah. increase your revenue. Right, as exactly. Well, right? Yeah. So they're coming in just doing one. Yeah. Because, I mean, for me, I wouldn't be able to do a game show. Not that I don't think I have the skill set to be able to, you know, make it through it. Right. But the, the software, all the other things that go yeah. along with it, you've got all of that kind of pedigree and, and yeah. experience that it gives you that end of say, hey, I can do night two completely different than night one. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas mine would be literally just a different playlist or a different set of music or whatever. Right. But the the name of this podcast is what called the travel travel DJ blend travel DJ blend. I was going to say travel blend travel DJ blend. Here's the thing: is I've learned a lot from you, but I I've learned that what I need to do now is take my stuff portable. You know, take it on the road, whatever. Right. So with the game shows, I don't have buzzers and bells and podiums and things like that. I have that here at home. Right. But if I'm going on the road, I want to have game shows and things that I can do without requiring all those different things. I can, if I have a projector and a, sure. my laptop, I can make it happen. And so, you know, I take my laptop and I take my, my mixer and I'm good to go. Right. And so I think having that versatility 
and not relying so much on all our equipment. Well, and that's just technology has been, those advances have made that possible for a lot of us. Right. What has kind of gotten you in the, the, the thought of going more travel destination stuff? Is it, did you have a passion for travel or is it just, what was the kind of the thought there? Or is it just better clientele? Like what, what was <laughs> not, no, no diss on Utah locals. By right. The way. <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah. Utah is not like a hotbed for tons of events. We're not a huge market. Especially right? for, I would think corporate wouldn't be as heavy, right? Uh, yeah, we actually, ha- we do pretty good on corporate. Um, Okay. The problem is, is the culture here is a very, it's very different um, right. as far as that is concerned. And, you know, it's not a big drinking culture and it's a very DIY culture here in Utah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so a lot of weddings here, we right. have the lowest amount of money spent on weddings on an average out of any state in the entire United States. Yeah. I According to that. the knot, we have the lowest budgets. So it can be tough. But right. that's why I'm finding is people who come into the state or are doing events outside of the state. A lot of the clients that I work with are based out of Utah, but they're doing events outside of Utah. We have a lot of MLMs here. This yeah. is multi-level marketing, <laughs> network marketing. There's a lot of them based here in Utah, and they do events all over. Right. That's who I did the event for in Vegas. But I think just expanding beyond your own state, your own doorstep I think it's very important and I've finally figured out my why and it's kind of a funny why I just want to get paid to travel and take my wife along with me because she is not beholden to a nine-to-five job and so it gives us the ability just to travel and have some fun and so I was able to go to Dubai in March a year ago I went to Italy and so I got to take my wife to Dubai and it was amazing and that was an amazing conference I I emceed at the Destination Wedding Planners Congress. And I've made some great connections there for future events. And that's the idea is just to kind of go beyond where you are. And I think a lot of people say, oh, that'd be amazing. You know, (laughs) then there's Joe Bunn, who's just fine staying in Raleigh. (laughs) He's like, I'll be here in Raleigh. But uh, sometimes people say like, how are you doing it, Robin? It's like, it's hard. I can trace it back to one thing. It's relationships. Right. It's the relationships that I've made and the impressions I made on people. And so I think if you want to do more, start networking in your own backyard and start networking on a corporate level. Right. And they'll take you places. What was that shift like for you going from the wedding side to the corporate side? Did it happen simultaneously or did you kind of do weddings for a while and then like, hey, I see this corporate side of things. I kind of feel like this is more my style or. You know, I think I've always had it in me because I just started doing corporate events when I was working at the theme park. We do after hours corporate events and I was like, oh, these are great. Um, so when I moved to Utah, weddings was huge. That was on my radar. And then I joined a corporate networking group. And that's when it started to shift for me. Because then I started doing more corporate events here in Utah. And then I started making relationships. And then I joined the National Speakers Association, which has opened many doors for me. And so I think if people want to do more, start joining different groups. You know, we hear NACE, ILEA. Those are event industry, but go beyond the event industry. MPI, Meeting Planners International, Chambers, uh, and even just uh, corporate networking groups. And so that way you can start expanding and starting meeting people and start expanding your clientele. How do you feel about pitching yourself against like the local, you know, the local um, competition in other places, like places that you want to travel to. How are you able to, I don't want to say convince a planner or, or a company to kind of go with you? What's the, cause I get that question a lot of times as well. Yeah. It's like, how do you kind of navigate through that? What's, what's your, 
I don't want to say give away all your secrets, but like what would be some things that kind of you found success in? Well, just having a skill set that they may not have. Mm -hmm. So you're bringing something different to the table. And so that's something else is just being, hey, if you bring me in for this, I can also do this. And so that's why I've really honed my MC skills, game show, and then, you know, speaking. Like I I can do any of that. But a lot of the stuff has taken me on the road is speaking too. Mm -hmm. And so I think being able to expand your horizon as an entertainer. So some of you might be saying to yourself, I, I have no interest in speaking. Great. What else do you do well? Right. You know, and, and some of the other things is, you know, what you've done, you're brand ambassador for Vibo. Could you be a brand ambassador for any type of products? What are you passionate about? So start looking into that. And I know a lot of people are different brand ambassadors for different products when it comes to DJing and those type of things. And so start figuring out what you're passionate about, what makes you really excited. And here's the other thing is when you travel, start figuring out, and this is what you do. You like to travel and find a club and like, hey, can I do a set here tonight? You know. So uh, I know you've done that in the past when you went, to England, not England, uh, to Europe. You found different places to go DJing. Or spots, yeah. And so that's the other thing is uh, my friend Howard Wallach, he's going to Thailand or the yeah, Philippines. Yeah, he told me about that. And he's looking to DJ in the club out there. And so when you're traveling, find a gig and then you can expand your horizon. I'm going to China. I haven't thought about DJing out in China, but I mean, I could look into it. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going primarily so I can go to Shanghai Disneyland. <laughs> but the idea is for me is just to not just be a one faceted DJ. Figure out where your where your passions lie. Are you an entertainer? Are you an MC? What is it you want to do more of? What's kind of the the cycle, or I should say, like the um, the timeline that you found is from going from initial introduction to a planner or a, a group to actually starting to work with them. Do you have, have, do you feel like there's like a a normal cycle of that? Like, is it six months? Is it two years? Because I get that question a lot too. And for me, it, obviously, it varies. It varies. But I will sure. say it's more of a long game than a short game. And here's the other problem sometimes. As entertainers, as DJs, sometimes we're, we're the, sometimes the last thing that they schedule, which is sad. Like, I just got an inquiry for an event in three weeks in Denver. They wanted a game show host. And I was like, why are you calling me now? Mm-hmm. Like, in three weeks? And so I think it, it does, it, there is a long game, especially just making an impression. I think the biggest long game is telling people what you do and what you want to do. Right. And so now I'm doing more of the game shows because that's what I really want to be doing. I love the DJing aspect, but now when it comes to corporate stuff here in Utah, people don't drink a lot here, believe it or not. (laughs) It's just not a big drinking culture here in Utah. And so I have now shifted my corporate entertainment towards the game shows. And now I've booked more game shows than DJing events for the month of December. So uh, I think the long game, you know, is telling people what you want to do and be the one guy. Like I had a DJ here in Utah refer me to his uncle for a game show. So now I'm doing something that's completely unique, but I'm often referring other DJs too, right? I don't like doing production, so I'm going to send that to somebody else. So don't say yes to everything and don't think you can do everything. Find find things that will make you unique. Be carve a niche and be that guy, that gal that people say, you know, Brian does this thing that I can't do. You should call him. So you want to be able to be known as that person. And I, I know I'm not, the game show is not a DJ thing, but it is an event related thing. Now I'm getting referrals from other DJs. Like yeah. I, I went to Orlando, uh, did a game show because of a DJ. I went and spoke in Iowa because of a DJ. Right. <laughs> and so I'm just getting known in these circles. But I think another thing that you do very well and, and most DJs may not do is give value. Give value to DJs. Give them advice. Give them something. 
And then you're top of mind, top awareness. Same thing with corporate clients. Same right. thing with wedding clients. Give them value before they ask. It's the long game. Give them value, whatever that value may be. And those are the things that have brought me to this event tomorrow, the Wedding Pro event. I'm now top of mind for all the planners here in Utah because I'm always the first one to say, hey, I'll do it. I know, I know it's not a paid event. I'll do it for trade. I'll do it for gulp exposure. But here's the thing is certain exposure really helps. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Back in, I think, 2010, 2009, I was brand new here in the market. And I got invited to an event called Women and Weddings and Some Guys Too. And I had no idea what this was. So I go to it and I'm like, oh, this is a networking event. What is networking? I didn't know what networking was. I just started. So if you don't know what networking is, go to an event and it will change your life. I started meeting all these planners. And then at this event, I said, hey, can I play music? They're like, yes. And you've done the same exact thing with, uh, yeah. can we tell people? Yeah. You've done this with Engage. It was the long game. Right. You show up, you give value, and you say, can I help you do this? Right. And so I started DJing those events. The next event, I said, do you want me to MC?" And they said, yes. And I remember this. After the event, a photographer came up to me. And she goes, give me your card. You are legit. I'm like, you haven't even seen me DJ. She's like, I know, but it doesn't matter because you can actually talk on a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so like I started getting referrals after that because sure. I get value. And so I'm always the first person to volunteer to say, yes, please, I want to help. Uh, I don't care how much it, you know, I'll get paid for this. Help me out. And so if you'll eventually get to the point where you're, you, you'll have some negotiating power, but offer value first, volunteer and start hanging out with the people that will start booking you. And then you're top of mind for those people. Sure. What have been some of your, I mean, cause when you moved back to Utah and you yes. started going after some of this stuff and now doing it with the corporate. Yeah. I get the value thing. I think that thing is huge. I actually always tell people, never discount your services. Yes. Give it away. Because yeah. then you keep your value at yes. what you're where you are supposed to be. And it comes across as a lot more like genuine. Yeah. You know, rather yeah. than, hey, I'll give you a break on this. Then they think, you know, they can ask for that again. No. That's a problem. Another problem with that. And then secondly, it devalues what you're bringing to the table. And this is the term that you should be using. And you can use this on your contract. I am waiving my fee. Waving. My right. fee. Instead of saying, I'm giving this you two for free. We don't give it away for free. Right. We are waiving our fee in hopes that we can do this. You know, right. I will waive my fee if I can get photo footage, if I right. can get video footage, or right. if I can get, can I be a sponsor? Mm-hmm. So tomorrow, my logo's up. I'm going to be a sponsor of the event. I'm not giving it away for free. I am waiving my fee, and I am also a sponsor. So start thinking about just shift your mindset. You can become a sponsor. You're waiving your fee. You're not discounting. You are a collaborator now. Yeah, that's so good. So uh, there was a question there, though. So where where are you headed? Like with with your career now that you've kind of started to make some headway into the corporate world and corporate events. I mean, are you wanting that to kind of be like your main gig? Yeah. Or um, event. Yeah. So here's the thing: is you know, I I, I want to be honest here. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of DJs who look at other DJs doing awesome things, right, and saying, "I want to do that." You know, there's only one Brian B out there doing right. amazing things. There's only one Jason Jana. There's right. only you know these different DJs who are like, "I want to do that." I encourage everybody to find their own path in their type of entertainment. So I've kind of carved my own niche as this DJ slash game show host slash MC. One of my favorite events that I ever emceed was Wedding Wire World right. a couple years ago. And I just asked. All right. I said is, do you guys have a do you guys have an MC for this? Like, no, we've never had an MC. Do you want one? Yes. So it's just always asking. Right. And that's how I've gotten to where I am is asking. Right. But also helping people. So at that, 
my vision, I, I do have other DJs that I represent here in Utah. I'm not a traditional multi-op, but I have other DJs that are under my umbrella. And my goal is to be able to go on the road and still book events here in Utah, mm-hmm. speak, DJ, and do things on the road. And also free up some time. A person that I really admire, uh, Joe Bunn, he, he frees up a lot of time for himself. He's constantly taking time off for himself and his family. Sure. And he, he limits himself, but he still has an amazing team behind him doing events, but he hasn't stopped working. And so I never want to give up DJing events and weddings and things like that. But I want to be able to go on the road and get paid to do it, you know? So right. that's my biggest why. And so if I can be an entertainer as a DJ, as an MC, as a game show host, whatever it may be, that's my goal is just to do more of that. And corporate is pretty much where it, there's a little less haggling in corporate. Yeah, they the say, motion isn't there as much. Right. Like a wedding. or And they say, this is a budget. And when it comes to corporate, they actually really have actual budgets. Whereas a bride says, you know, I have $500 for a DJ. Like, where did that number come from? Right. <laughs> totally. But but like corporate, like, okay, we've set aside this much money and that's it, you know? And like, cool. If the budget works, great. And it works out. And it's just like, hey, we know your fee is 5000 mm-hmm. We can pay that. Great. And right. Then, and it's just so much easier. I'm really enjoying the corporate world. Do you ever worry about like with the recessions coming and, and going like yeah. where that would where that will lead you? Because yeah. I mean, I can remember five, well, more than that, probably now, 10 years ago where holiday season, I mean, literally it was my second busiest season of the, of, of the, of the year. Yeah. And now that has become less and less because I think that they are looking for people like yourself who are doing more of the game show stuff, less yeah. of like the traditional holiday party model, Right. you know, something like even going to a, a, an escape room, if it's a smaller group or something like that, they want the experience yeah. and less of like the party side of things. At least that's what my clientele is doing nowadays it's yeah. less and less of uh, just a party atmosphere yeah and i i do agree i think there is a recession coming in here in, in the united states for our friends who are listening abroad it may not affect you but i i do think we do need to have versatility and being able to offer different things and so sometimes you can't sell the huge sound system or whatever but sell something else you know the sign of disco is huge that sell game shows name that tune musical bingo you know there's different things you can do well and that's the importance of being known as the expert in that field of what you're in because what you do then is you build your tribe of people who are like i can't do this event without this guy like i know that things are tight but like if we're going to do this well this is the guy yeah and that will always put you in demand whereas if you're kind of on the fringe then you're the person that they can kind of cut if you if that makes sense but I think you're doing a tremendous job and like building that name for yourself in those circles. And pretty soon people are going to be like, this is the guy you got to call in to do this. And so I don't want to say you're recession proof, no, but the experts in their specific fields, they're able to still survive and, and thrive, I would say, than the guy who's just kind of on the fringe, you know what I mean? In those environments. And who's done the same thing for the last 20 years, 10 years. And I think the most important thing, I remember Jason Janai said this in one of his podcasts. uh, He talked about being relevant. I think that's the most important thing is being relevant and evolving, innovating, and doing something different and something new and making yourself uh, 
once again, recession proof. And I think that's one of those things that I'm trying to do is just find something new. And I think if you do find something new, it breathes new life into you. Right. Like I am so excited to DJ events now because now I'm creating crates. Like <laughs> finding the right music has changed my life. Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. Right. And I talked to you about this and you were like, yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm subscribed to six different pools. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have two. Right. I have two, two or three pools. Actually, I, I'm up to three now. <laughs> Promo only, Ultimix, and yeah. DMS. Those are both all, all good. Yeah. But that's what it's exciting for me now is finding music and finding like, I'm still, I still haven't found the best, uh, I want it that way, uh, redrum, <laughs> but I'm on the quest. But like, <laughs> I just went down the rabbit hole the other day. Have you heard of the spooky, scary skeletons? I don't think so. It's okay. So this is another thing if DJs aren't doing, if you don't do kids events, the thing about kids events is right. they are tapped in to the latest and greatest music and kids are really helping you and you you are now tapped into this resource so the more kids events i do i get requests at these kids events and i'm like i have never heard of this and then i find the song and then i then i have this arsenal of like music right that is obscure and weird but kids will love it mm-hmm. so spooky scary skeletons came from tiktok oh okay and tiktok is now really pushing out songs you know the the number one song that came out this year, uh, Old Town Road. That was born out of TikTok. Really? Yes. I would never guess that. Yeah. And so Scary Spooky Skeletons, I, I go down and I find like five different remixes the other day. And I'm just <laughs> so excited. Now I have all this music. <laughs> and I have different, I have a trap remix. I have a electro swing re- remix. But that's the thing about music is doing your research and being excited about presenting these new songs and these new mixes that you can do. Well, let me... Uh kind of close this with yes. like uh just a couple rapid fire questions for you okay and this is like totally off the cuff but okay way. here we go <laughs> here we go what's been your favorite destination you've gone to so far in your career it's up between dubai and italy but i'll say italy when i went there last year i went to the planners extraordinaire party and i spoke at that event and it was the best party i've ever been to in my entire life <laughs> like and i think that's the most important thing is being able just to experience the world mm-hmm and realizing how how huge this world is it, it, and being able to experience different cultures. And I think that's a lot of fun for you because you're always researching these new songs and these different things and these different right. genres. And I think it's also very important for DJs to be able to watch other DJs from other countries, from other cultures, and see what they're doing. Absolutely. I went to Armenia yeah. and they had a DJ there. And I was like, okay. I didn't dance to any of the music I knew. I danced to all the music that I didn't know. It was weird. That's I was awesome. like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. Like <laughs> September, okay, I've danced to this before. And so it's exciting to experience new things. And so Italy, for me, Lake Como was amazing. Where would you want to go that you haven't been to yet to perform? I want to do like a Caribbean or a Mexico. Okay. Like I, I really want to do something that's just very tropical. Well, and I would think that would be really ripe for corporate world work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Favorite food that you've experienced while traveling or a restaurant or like any spot you can recommend. Like if I go back to this place, this is the spot I'm going to go to. I think one of the most important things, and I always, I get this advice from Alan Berg. Whenever I go out to eat on the road, he always asks this question. It's an Alan Berg question. If you don't know who he is, he's a great guy. He's uh, talks about sales in the event industry. I will never be, I most likely will not come back to this place. So tell me what you suggest. And so you always get the recommendation. But I remember last year when I was in Italy, I went to an Indian restaurant on Halloween <laughs> in Italy. And But I went with somebody who was Indian. And so I think, it, it, so I can't really 
pinpoint a location, but I think the most important thing is going with the people who live there or know the food and letting them order. Mm-hmm. That will open things up. One of the coolest things I ever did is I went to a restaurant in Washington, D.C. with Sonny Ganguly and Ellen Berg, and I let Sonny order everything. And it was the most amazing experience because I didn't know what was coming next, but I just ate it. And so I think that's the other thing is just being open to new experiences. My wife's not very open to a lot of different foods, so <laughs> I don't know about that. But I, I just love trying new things. Right. And so I think that's a mantra for life. Right. It's just going on an adventure and being open to new experiences and new foods. Didn't quite answer your question there. But no, no, no. There that's close enough. What would a <laughs> event type or a client that you would want to work with that you haven't done yet? I really want to work more in the corporate world. I just... I. I just need to get bigger stages. And so I just want to work with a a planner that is doing big, awesome events where there's lots of women. (laughs) Okay. And I know that sounds funny, but uh, my my keynote is great for women. My entertainment's great for women. They just like eat it up. Yeah. And so if I can do an event that's like an MLM event with like tons of women. Right. Screaming, having a good time. I think that those are my people. All right. They would love it. What's your go-to track? So uh, one of my my one of my go to tracks is September by Earth Wind and Fire. The reason being is it's funny. I had a friend who was a who was not a DJ say to me, "You know what? You should open up every wedding with that." I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, do it. See what happens." And this was early in my career, and I started doing it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, this song is magic." It is. And I chose my wedding date based off of that song. Got married on the 21st day of September six years ago, September 21st. So that's I would say that's my go to track. But here's the interesting thing, just to kind of take a different. I don't listen to top 40 music on my own. I can't. It's just hard for me to do. If I'm at home or if I'm in my car, I listen to new wave 80s. <laughs> I love that synth 80s stuff. Right. Like not that hairband stuff. Right. Like synth 80s. Yeah. Like that is my stuff. Ideal parties, if I could do an 80s dance party and just do new wave synth all night long, like that would be the best. <laughs> That's great. Like if I could go back in time and be a DJ in the 80s. Oh. You'd be in there. I will say I'll never forget when I heard September for the first time because yes. I grew up in a very conservative listening to John Denver, Willie yeah. Nelson, like these kind of artists. And yeah. I was like, this Earth, Wind and Fire, who is this? Right. And so I was playing at um, an open format bar. Yeah. And somebody said, hey, do you have September? I'm like. I don't even know what this is. I mean, that's how bad my music <laughs> knowledge was at the time. And I dropped it and it, like it was magic. Like you said, it yeah. just like worked. And I was like, ooh, I got to remember yeah. this track. Yeah. And it's always been one of those ones that's in the back pocket. Yeah. Let's see. So who's your speaker mentor? Speaker mentor? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple. First one would be Jason Hewlett. Now, this is a guy who I want to bring to a DJ conference. It, like in a perfect world. I would MC this conference and I would introduce him as the keynote speaker. Great thing about Jason Hewlett, he speaks on legendary leaders and how to uh, complete your promise, your promise to your audience, to yourself and to the one and uh, to your family, sorry, to your family and the one. He does a whole musical act like uh, he's an, he does impressions, musical impressions. He started out as a Ricky, why am I forgetting? Ricky, Ricky Martin impersonator in Florida. <laughs> but he, he, he's evolved over the years and adds so many different things to his lineup. The great thing about Jason is I've learned a lot of integrity from him, mm-hmm. keeping your promise to your audience, which is very important. Performing the same way for 20 people you would perform for 200 
for 2000 people. So good. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, and I see that all the time from you also. I'm, I'm giving you a lot of props. <laughs> here. But I remember like you've seen, I've seen like, like, Hey, there was only 30, 40 people at this wedding, but I kept those 30, 40 people on the dance floor the entire night. Right. Right. Like that's a huge thing. Clients usually will say to me or they think in their yes. head, it must be a lot easier when there's a lot less people because you're not having to watch as many. I, I say the opposite. It's the opposite. It's a lot harder. You have to find a more experienced DJ, pay more yeah. for somebody that can keep 30 people because you lose yes. five. Yeah. <laughs> it's a quarter right. of your audience right. is gone. You know right. what I mean? Where And it's very obvious. Whereas yes. if you have 300 people and you lose a quarter, it's not as yeah, obvious. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can alienate half of these people. Right. Be fine. Right. But you can't alienate 30 of the, five of those people. Yeah. You need to keep them on the dance floor. So you right. got to find the right songs and the right tempo and whatnot. But Jason Hewlett's been an amazing uh, mentor of mine who I learned a lot from. I took his workshops. Uh, he's a guy who's sent me a lot of gigs too. That's awesome. But uh, just somebody that I look up to, man of amazing integrity. That's awesome. Do you listen to podcasts? Yes. What's your favorite podcast out right now that you're listening to? So uh, I do love the PHDJ podcast. It's a lot of fun for those DJs that like to listen out there. I also really enjoy true crime podcast which is bad that just like there's there's days where i just don't want to like feel like guilty for not doing stuff right. sometimes you listen to these podcasts like oh man what I am i know. doing with my life <laughs> then you listen to true crime and you're like man these people are slime of the earth but i also listen to uh relevant leadership by ty bennett he's been another mentor speaker mentor for mine he's great relevant leadership by ty bennett is good i listen to dumb ones one's called dumb people town and I think you would enjoy it because dumb people town. Yes. It's all about stupid uh <laughs> people doing stupid things around the world, mostly people in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I think you would enjoy it. They basically take news stories and they talk about that. I'm also a big sports fan. So I listen to another one called uh The Cheap View from the Cheap Seats, a couple of comedians and they talk about sports. So comedy and sports combined. That's great. Oh, I love it. So uh those are some of my favorite podcasts. Last one, what would if you had to give an, uh, some advice to a newbie who's trying to and I wouldn't even say let's like not limit it to just the DJ world, like just somebody like who's coming into the entrepreneurship. Yeah you know, model and deciding to kind of go for it. Anything that you would give them that yes. would be. I'll give you like four different things. First thing is had the end in mind. Where do you want to go? What's your goal? What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Walter talked about that in the PhDJ workshop that I took. And I wish I would have had the end in mind when I started my business. Mm. I did not know where I was going, but things evolve, things happen. Right. So, but have the end in mind, know where your goals are, know what you want to do. Second step, find a mentor huge it's it's the biggest thing find somebody that you can learn from and if that person's not open to it find somebody else but shadow that person see what they're doing mentorship is not just giving them a call but actually going and seeing them work a room do whatever they do okay and just kind of learn from them and so because there's other people who've done it before they've done it better and they've carved that path before this uh lowers your learning curve okay Number three is always keep educating yourself. Don't ever stop. Always go to, go to conferences, networking events. Uh, I know a lot of people go to YouTube. And I think YouTube is a very great place. Podcasts are great. But if you're not going to in-person conferences, mm -hmm. you are not expanding. Like, like well, what am I going to learn from another guy? Like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And when I started going to these conferences, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And I started meeting people who started inspiring me, and I started following them on Facebook, on Instagram, and I started learning from them. 
And I think the last one, so mentorship, education. Oh, and the last one is relationship. Start creating relationships. Right. Stop having that silo mentality. If you are a DJ in a market, here's the reality. You can't do all the gigs. And you're going to have to find somebody to help cover those gigs or vice versa. And you have to start saying no to certain things and passing on those leads. So start creating relationships. Start collaborating with other people. Don't hold on to your leads. If you have a lead, be warm with that lead and say, you know what? I can't do this, but I have an amazing friend. His name's Brian. He's this, <laughs> this, that, and then hand it over. Warm leads get booked like 90% of the time, you know, and hopefully it will come back to you. It's all That's about awesome. karma. That's I'm, good stuff, man. I'm still looking for my wallet. I lost the other day. So <laughs> I'm open with that. Comes Put back it out to the me. universe. I'm putting it out to the universe. Good <laughs> karma. It's all about karma, not about my wallet, but it's about karma. Well, we get a good amount of uh, DJs listening to this podcast, um, obviously, and a few of them are going to be headed to the DJ Collective coming up in a couple weeks here. Yes. Rob will be there. He's actually co-leading a a breakout, or we're calling it a track, Yes. called Mastering the Mic. Yes. And uh, if you are going- With Sean Patrick. Which is, again, I think it's cool because it's like, I love collaborations, Yeah. and I think that's going to be fire. Oh, it's going to be great. So uh, if you are going to the Collective, definitely you can link up with Rob there and see him and do his thing and probably walk away. Well, not probably. I know you're going to walk away <laughs> with some nuggets there. Where can people find you online? Where's the... Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I, I love for people to follow me on Instagram and the reason being is I, I share a lot of my stories. Yeah. And, and maybe you can glob onto some inspiration there, but that's where I've learned from a lot of different people's watching their behind the scenes. Sure. Stuff. And I think that's always interesting. So at Rob Frey, R-O-B-F-E-R-E, at Venmo, R-O-B, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, and then you can find me on Facebook at Rob Frey. And then I have my website at robfrey.com. And then the business is Life of the Party Utah. Awesome, Rob. Well, man, thanks for giving up a little bit of your night to do this. Oh, no problem. This is awesome. My pleasure. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We will catch you on the next episode. Till then, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.